Welcome to the Hire Yourself Podcast. My name is Pete Gilfill, and I'm here with my business partner, Nat Truitt. We're all about helping people uh, become entrepreneurs and making them a little better business people. Welcome, Nat. Hey, Pete, how are you doing today? I am doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. I'm, I'm hoping that the, the weather is going to finally get better. Uh, last couple nights, we've had frost warnings, if you can believe it or not. It's just, it's crazy. It just won't warm up yet. Yeah, spring in Chicago, right? Spring in Chicago. You got that right. So, so Nat, I was just reading one of my favorite books, rereading it. Um, I, I know I think I've probably even given you a copy of this book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Oh, yeah, I love that book. Oh, yeah. It's, I think I've given out like 500 copies of it. And I was <laughs> reading through it. And, um, you know, he tells the story about when he decided that he wanted to find uh, find a person to, to settle down with, right? The, the right partner. And uh, he talked about how he spent hours writing out, filled up a whole notebook of everything that he was looking for uh, in a future spouse, a future partner. And then he filled up another notebook of everything that he had to become to be the be the person or to attract the person that he was looking for. I thought that was I, I think that's a great story. Yeah, it's definitely in life. It's all about a give and take, right? Deposits and withdrawals. And you have to figure out who, who you need to be to attract the right person or the right business opportunity. Yeah. So I thought we'd translate that into an investigating or looking at a franchise business. Yeah. And that so, makes sense. Yeah. Right. So here's my theory, right? You and I, we spend a lot of time during our, our podcast and a lot of our content talking about this idea of somebody looking for the right franchise, right? The lens of the person that's going to invest in the franchise. So the person that's looking for a business partner. But what I want to do today is I want to flip it. So now I want to talk about that, hey, a partnership takes two, right? And so I want to kind of take it from the approach of what is a franchisor looking for? Because this yeah. is a two-way straight or simply put, what do you have to become to be a franchisee? That makes sense? That's perfect. You know, I think that uh, people need to understand. I know I've had, you know, a handful of candidates in the past that have, you know, actually got rejected by the franchisor. So I think it's really important to, to, to kind of understand the, uh, that it's a two-way street. Yeah. And I think sometimes people, when they have to invest in a franchise, they look at it as like they're purchasing the franchise, but really they're being awarded, right? Yeah. So they have to be approved or awarded the franchise. And, and clearly I learned that when I was uh, with Ford, but, but certainly uh, all franchises, you, you're awarded the opportunity to become a franchisee. So, yeah. so, you know, as we, as we talk about this idea of a franchisor looking at a candidate, you know, it's so important that they pick the right franchisee because a franchisee is the face of that brand and they're building a brand, they're building a reputation out there. And, and you've probably seen it, right? Is that they, they want to find that right person because if somebody has a bad experience at a franchise location, they may not go back to that French, that specific franchise concept, right? Period. Whether I live in Iowa or in Minnesota, doesn't make any difference. If I've had a bad experience at a place, so it's so important they pick that right partner. Yeah, I think it's kind of like that concept. You're only as strong as you're the weakest link. And when you think about a chain, right? Um, and so it is, especially, you know, at the beginning, it's super important to have strong franchise owners because you're, that's the foundation that you're building everything on. And so, you know, whether it's your first 10 or 30 or 100, because at the beginning, 
those guys and girls, they need to be successful um, so that later on when people are calling and doing their due diligence and validation, it's, you know, you're creating a something other people want to become a part of, right? So it's, you can't, you can't afford to have a weak link in the system. Yeah, right. Because they're, they're delivering that customer experience. So it's, it's finding the, the people that have that passion to satisfy customers. It's also, I think, franchisors, do you, do you see it where they're, they're kind of looking for the right cultural fit, right? That, you know, do you fit within the organization? Totally. And I think the better franchise systems are the best ones are always kind of looking to top grade. So they're looking, you know, for, for owners that are going to raise the level of play to the next level and not just, you know, be average or, you know, drag, drag the system down. Yeah. I mean, you look at like the, some franchises feel like they're a fortune thousand company and some franchise systems feel like they're a family run business. Right. So it, it is about which one do you kind of fit into uh, from, from their standpoint. And I think that also ties to leadership styles, right? So do you, do you see that with franchisers? They're looking for people that have leadership styles that are consistent with where their, where their thoughts are. Yeah. And I also think, um, looking for people that can contribute to the system, right? So thought leadership and especially as, you know, earlier, early on in a franchise system, you know, there, you can have the opportunity to be part of like the uh, owner's mastermind or, or what have you. And the uh, franchise is only, you know, it's as strong as the sum of its parts, right? So the franchise owners, you know, that's, it's a, it's an awesome opportunity to be able to contribute to the system and what, and be part of it growing. Yeah. You know, you were, I think, uh, with your, your franchise that you invested in, you were one of the earlier ones, I think in the top, you know, what a hundred or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was 118. 118. Uh, and, and were you part of groups? Did you kind of help bring ideas forward and things like that? Yeah. You have like the owners groups and, you know, they have the top performers. So not just anybody can be in those groups, but you have to be a top performer usually like the top you know, one or two percent. It's always kind of competitive. And I know you and I have talked about that too in the past. Like it's kind of fun to have those the competitions and see, you know, hey, who can have the most revenue or whatever you're measuring for that month, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So they're looking for somebody that kind of fits the the cultural organization and can add value. Certainly the franchisors are also want to make sure that you're financially qualified. You write, you have the resources because if you go into business and you don't have enough resources, that, that could be disastrous. I always tell people as, <laughs> as a rule of thumb for better or for worse, I tell them it's going to take twice as long and cost twice as much to get get the doors open or get up and running. So, I mean, you definitely need to have a little bit of a cushion and, and definitely have a plan and build a pro forma and, you know, treat this like you would, you know, your, your job or your business and, and be professional about it. Yeah. Well, we never want to go into business undercapitalized. And I think it's, right. you know, somebody once said, you know, when you have the ability to get capital, get it because when you need capital, you can't get it. So always yep. take advantage of that stuff. You know, so, so franchisors are looking for a certain type of person. And then they're also watching your, your activities as you're investigating the franchises, right? So they're, they're kind of watching you to see from that standpoint, you know, what you're all about as you do your due diligence, right? So um, evaluating a franchise takes a lot of hard work and the franchisors are going to give you assignments. They're going to actually give you things to do in between calls. Um, do you kind of see that that's a 
pretty important thing for people to to be honest and, and to do the work that they're supposed to do as they evaluate the franchises. Well, and for sure. And one thing I don't know if people don't realize in this day and age, but with technology, I was talking to a franchise developer just the other day about one of you know my candidates, and they were like, "Well, you know, they haven't opened this email, they haven't read the, you know, they haven't watched this video." Like, I don't know if candidates realize that with technology so sophisticated that it actually lets the developers know at the franchise side, you know, if they've opened emails, if they watch the videos and, and things like that. So when it's kind of like, they're kind of watching to see who's engaging with the content. And if somebody's not engaging basically with any of the content, they're, you know, automatically going to kind of have a lower priority status at the franchise level. Guys that are, you know, getting the emails, opening the emails, watching the video, doing the questionnaires, you know, you, like the technology basically is a feedback loop for the um, franchisors. So they're going to know that you're doing your homework and then you're going to bubble to the top of the pile, which I think that's where, from my perspective, that's where we're trying to get our candidates. We're, you know, number one, we're trying to get them to the front of the line. And then number two, we're trying to keep them there. Yeah. And the franchisors take them through a process, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can't follow the process of evaluating the franchise, how the heck are you going to follow the processes <laughs> as you're at, when you're a franchisee, right? Yeah, and I think totally that's what they're true. looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, it's not, it's not even funny anymore, but like the one thing that I see early on, like we're like, Oh, you know, this, you know, these three franchises. And then the next thing, you know, the guy's out like driving, looking for real estate and it's like, well, time out, you know, it's like, you don't need to be spending hours and hours and hours looking for the, you know, perfect location. If we, you haven't done the 100 steps that precede that, you know? So it's just like one step at a time in the right sequence will actually get you there, get you the ultimate outcome quicker and more efficiently. Yeah. And we always kind of talk about to be a good franchisee, you need to be able to follow a system. Now that doesn't mean you can't make it better, but at a minimum, you got to be able to follow the system. So yeah. it's the same thing as it applies to, as we investigate franchises, we follow the system uh, because it's designed to ensure that you're getting the information, but more importantly, it's demonstrating that you have those capabilities that yeah. uh, the ability to do it. Now, the, the other thing is that I always kind of tell people when we are investigating franchises, these are like first dates, job interviews, right? Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes people don't realize that, right? They, they show up, um, they show up late, right? So they right. show up 30 minutes late for a call or they cancel a call five minutes before it starts. So the franchise development person loses a half an hour, hour of productivity. Do you see that with candidates? Yeah. And I think, you know, just like everything, this, day and age seems like everybody is like so busy and back to back. I mean, these developers are at minimum probably on eight to 16 back to back phone calls, you know, in an eight to 10 hour day. So to basically no call, no show or to reschedule last minute, you know, it's really wasting their time and disrespecting their time. I like that do unto others as you'd have them do to you. Like if you carved out your time to meet with somebody you wouldn't want them to cancel on you. So I think it's the other thing I see is people show up to these calls in a distracted state. So, you know, they might be, <laughs> it's like they're coming from the gym or they're coming from Panera and then they're, they're hopping on these franchise calls and they just look really bad to the franchise developer because they're not prioritizing the call. They're treating it super casual. Like they're talking, you know, to their, their kid or their friend or, or something. I would suggest always to, be at your be at your desktop 
have, you know, your computer open, you know, and be on task, just like you would, you know, with a, an important conference call for work. Or job interview, right? I mean, exactly. I think it's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's being present. And, and yeah. so not any different if you're on a date, right? You're trying to, to meet a partner. Now, this in this case, you're, you're interviewing a business partner right. uh, and they're interviewing you. So, yeah, and, and I, you know, emergencies happen, but, but bottom line is, is that if we say we're going to be there, we're there, we're on time, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's ultimately not that much time um, to dedicate to this process when you think about it. I mean, I think it's five to 10 hours per week, probably for, you know, maybe six to eight weeks. I don't know. What do you think as far as the time? Yeah, I, I think it takes more time up front. And as you narrow yeah. your focus down your funnel, you know, it's less. It, it kind of depends on how many franchise concepts, but it, it, it takes effort and time and in the ideas that you if you commit to something, if you commit to watching a video, you commit to be on a call, that's your reputation. You mean, mm-hmm. and so that's that's who you're representing yourself to the franchisor. And so I think the key is is that you know we're, we're professional, and and that is even now you see this with Zoom is that people will show up to a Zoom meeting in a T-shirt. Or, right. or a baseball hat, right? And, and and you're not really conveying this image of a business owner, in my opinion. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think it's, you know, this day and age, we have to kind of raise our game to the next level to stand out. And I think it's important, you know, that our candidates or prospective franchise owners realize that, go through the process in a professional manner. If you reach the point where you're not interested, just be man up, put on your big boy pants and, and let the brand know that, hey, I'm not interested or I'll revisit this in 90 days. I think it's always best to over-communicate and be as honest as possible. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, so when you evaluate franchises, you go through the franchise investigation procedures, the four core steps. Mm-hmm. And and the idea behind it is the fourth step is what we call a discovery day, meet the team day, confirmation day. Everybody has a little different name, but it's really about the relationships, mm-hmm. right? And so as I've got candidates that, are, that attend discovery days, I, I prepare them for that, right? This idea that they need to go to that discovery day and they need to be engaged, right? So um, I think one of the fastest ways to get uninvited to become a franchisee is go to a discovery day, sit in the back room, don't participate because the franchisor doesn't get to know you. Right. Yeah, I like to try to even get, you know, get my candidates pole position, like see if we can get them to get a lunch or breakfast with the founder before discovery day. There's just some different tips and tricks to show that you're really engaged and asking thoughtful questions. I know you have some thoughtful questions you kind of like to tee up for some of our candidates. Yeah, well, I always tell them that when you're going to attend a discovery day, sit down, write down your questions. Now, they can't be questions you already know the answers to. You you should have a certain <laughs> level certain level of understanding of the business model. So you don't say, well, do you guys help with marketing? You should already know how they help with marketing. Now, yeah. you may take that and, and, and build on to it or add on to get a better clarity or understanding. But, but the idea is we want to be prepared with questions um, from a standpoint. And, you know, one of the, the things that uh, I tell people is when they go to a discovery day is they got to be prepared because they may be asked, why do you want to become a blank franchisee, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to become a franchisee? And, and you'll hear somebody that hasn't prepared. The first thing they'll say is, well, I want to make gobs of money. Right. right. And, and it has to be more than that. The franchisor mm-hmm. is looking for it's, it's of substance. Do you see that too? Oh yeah. 
Totally. And, you know, I have some of my favorite brands over, you know, the years are ones that actually make their, um, you know, franchise applicants or potential owners actually write like a one or two page essay about why they want to become a XYZ franchise owner. Yeah. I th- you know, I think that's a good practice to go through. Yeah, right. Because it's, again, it's this idea that you're, most people, they, they want to create opportunities for people to have employment or jobs. They want to provide a superior product or service in their community uh, from that standpoint. I, I find it very interesting, you know, so um, from the standpoint of the investigation process, that some franchisors are so serious about finding the right person, they'll actually make you take a personality test. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's always a good idea, actually, because, um, you know, it's better to figure out these things before you get in versus, you know, one or two years down the road, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that leads to kind of one of the last things is, you know, you got to be honest mm-hmm. as you're as you're presenting yourself. You know, you got to be honest about your past. We don't uh, we don't fluff up our, our experience or our resume. Right. We're, right. we're honest about our, the present kind of where we're at, what we're looking for. And then most importantly, where do we want to go? Where do we want to be in the future? And and I think sometimes people aren't very transparent and if you're looking for the right partner, they need to know where you've been, where you are currently, and where you want to go. Yeah. As you're saying that, two other things are coming to my mind is one be to, or another one to be honest with your financials, right? And then also to be decisive. Most franchise companies are going to, they're really going to appreciate or they're going to acknowledge decisive owners. So somebody that you know can go through the process and make a decision, whether it's thumbs up or thumbs down, because owning your own business is just, you're going to be making decisions on a daily basis. And some of them are going to be really big and you need to be able to make those decisions and basically live or die by them. Yeah. Right. So if you can't make the decision, key decisions, like I'm going to attend discovery day, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to invest in the franchise, how are you going to make decisions when you got to decide, Hey, do I put more capital in the business? Do I hire this person? I Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun process. And, you know, I think we've talked in the past about, you know, you're also having the ability to plug into this group of franchise owners. And if the franchise franchisor has done a good job, you know, they're all going to kind of be like A players, uh, maybe, you know, maybe a couple A minus, but ideally, you know, everyone's going to be kind of pulling their game up and pulling in the same direction. It's kind of like being on a team. You know, it's, it's very interesting you say that, right? So what I don't think a lot of people know is that like if you were doing a validation call with a franchisee within the franchise system, sometimes those franchisees will provide feedback to the franchisor on yeah. what their thoughts of, <laughs> of, of the candidate that called them, right? Exactly. They, right? I think that's much more common that we, you know, we forget to even think of, you know, bring that up. But yeah, they'll back channel to the parent company, you know, hey, what'd you think about Pete when you talked to him? <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, he asked good questions. He was on time, you know, all that stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's very important. So, you know, again, I think it goes back to, you know, you have to know what you're looking for, but you also have to know what you have to be to be, you know, desirable for these franchisors. Totally. And if you, you know, just want to do your own thing and hang out, then I'm sure there's a business somewhere, you know, for that too. It might just might not be a franchise. Yeah, right. Very good. All right. Well, great discussion today. And uh, uh, again, I think we, we always have to make sure we understand that not only are we evaluating the business opportunity, but they're also evaluating us as a potential partner. 
Thanks for listening to the Hire Yourself podcast. For more resources, check out our website at hireyourself.com. And remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive each episode. Please leave us a rating and we'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions for topics.